This week in horror movie history, a film was released into the universe which painted a picture of classism, racism, in the form of a story about two adults and a young man breaking into a house occupied by an insane brother and sister and their stolen children. There, they must fight for their lives. We celebrate the people under the stairs on Slasher Sports Cinema. They say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I'm the number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. God, it knows I'm here. And having to get you, Barbara. Once again, thank you for tuning into Slasher Sports Cinema. Today, I've got two special guests to run this thing down with me. First, you know her from Slasher Sports and the Slasher Sports Productions, Suki's Honeydew Project. Please welcome Suki Suburbia. Hey, y'all. It's Suki. Indeed, it is. You know, I I know you gave this film uh, a good once over before uh, you know we we came on here. But how long it had been since you saw the people under the stairs? I know it's not your first view. No, gosh, I guess I was like eleven, maybe. I want to say eleven. That was yeah. That was the last time. This movie wasn't out when you were eleven, so yeah, it was. Wasn't huh? it? I'm doing my math. Let's see. Um, you know okay. what? Mind your business. It's been a while. And I might have seen it on the like a weekend, but it's been a while since I paid attention. That's that's the point. Okay. It's been a minute. See, I didn't want you to throw a number on it. I just wanted it's been a minute. It's, it's been, been a, a minute. minute. Okay. I, I can buy that. So second guest. You're gonna know this guy from the New York comedy club scene. Please welcome the hilarious, my good friend James Alexander. What up, what up, what up? What's going on? What's you know, on? I wish you would have chosen a better wardrobe for this show. You know what? No, let you know. I come, I'm die hard because we died hard. You know well, what I mean? We went, you know we went what? out like suckers, but I'm still I'm still I'm still <laughs> repping. You know, we went out like some, some rubber duck scrubs, but here I am. You made the playoffs. We didn't mm-hmm. even sniff the playoffs. So props to you. Had a hell yeah, of a that season. Was, you know what? That was a fun sweep. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a fun sweep. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's but... a such thing. Exactly. Exactly. You know, n- not to start any kind of any kind of mess too early in the show, but um, James just happens to be a Dallas Cowboys fan too. Why? Why would you? Why? It, you know what? You know, hold on. People always say that like it's been fun for me. Okay. <laughs> You understand? You know, people are like, oh, 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 I see. These there are choices. There are choices. No. You stand up in the morning, you wake up, and you decide it. This is what you want to do with yourself. Is, right? I was, I was born in Texas, and I left all of Texas behind me except that. That was the one, the one thing that just stuck. So during the nineties, it was fun. It was, it was a great time. 
It just and followed thought, you like a hemorrhoid. I, 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 I thought this is going to be my life. This is going to be it. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I, I didn't did. know. Because we were a year behind you. We we, we won the, the Super Bowl in 91. You took 92 and 93. We yeah, thought since, we were on top of the world. Yeah. Like, like right now, since then, since 96, we're, we're the franchise under the stairs. Oh, you know oh. <laughs> oh man. perfect segue. Oh, that was awesome. It was. I it was a perfect ready. segue. Oh my god. Well, when I saw well the people under the stairs was celebrating this release date, uh, it was the easiest decision to, to revisit it this week. I mean, there's just so much to talk about. I mean, there's so much more than meets the eye with this film. Well, here's the thing. I, I, hadn't, I, I had never seen it, so I went in. I went in Friday night, like you know. Seeing it raw for the first time, so when I when I tell you I was I was I was laughing and then shocked and then laughing and then like wow, there was a lot I didn't know about this. There was a lot. I Wait, didn't know about but this. you remember the movie? You just never. Oh, yeah, I remember when it came out. Yeah, but I was just like, you know what? I was like, whatever. I, you know what? The, the Cowboys were good. I was busy. I was doing stuff. You, <laughs> you were doing stuff. Yeah, you no, were eleven. How, how no, you? that's the problem. I'm, I'm put like this. When that movie came out, I was at work. That's all you need to know. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Whoa. I, had to work, I had to work that weekend, you know. So, whoa. yeah. <laughs> well, Wes Craven yeah. wrote this film after reading a real life news story about some burglars breaking into a home. Uh, but when the authorities arrived, the burglars had disappeared, but they discovered there were some kids locked up inside the rooms by their parents without ever being allowed to go outside. And anytime I hear a story like this, I think about that. I think his name was Ariel Castro. I could, uh, do y'all remember that story? The Ariel yeah, Castro? Yeah, 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 yeah. He had like a whole situation, like a whole setup, like locked away for years and years and years. Yeah, He was elaborate. He was elaborate yeah. with it. And, yeah. you know, I might be spacing on his first name, but it might not be Ariel, but I think it was Ariel Castro. But he kidnapped those girls. Uh, held yeah. him in his house. Uh, okay, yes. Yeah, and it was not a secluded home. This wasn't like a country home. It yeah. was like right there, like a subdivision, or, right? Yeah. You know, just in a line of homes. But he had these girls in his home. He'd violate them, get them pregnant, beat them till they miscarried. Evil shit. Yeah, the evilest really, shit. It was. It was yeah. dark. Yeah, yeah. Very dark. Now I don't know if any of the girls ever actually had any of the babies. They may have, but I, I mean, it. it, it it was found out that he kidnapped these girls for like a decade or yeah. worse. All right. Well, while he had them locked up, sometimes he'd leave the house, but he wouldn't completely lock the house up. He'd leave something unlocked or unfastened. And if they tried to escape, he'd beat them up. Um, now, ha had either of you seen the film, The Black Phone? It's a pretty new film. No, no. I think I was supposed to see it. You were supposed to see it. We yeah. had this conversation. We did have it. You must have had to work that weekend too, but I can't help but think about. <laughs> I can't help but think about the film The Black Phone. About you know, it's basically about child abductions, and you know, and that's what this is because Amanda Berry was the girl that he one of the, one of the girls he kidnapped, the one that escaped eventually, and you know, brought it to light. But and she didn't just escape; she had some help. But she was seventeen when Castro got her. Uh, but in The Black Phone, the Ethan Hawke character, he would leave the door open. Um, to this basic uh, glorified cellar, he'd leave it unlocked, and if the kid tried to get out, you know the beatings would be exponentially worse. Or actually, he would tell the kids he wasn't going to hurt them at all. But if they tried to escape, he'd go back on that word, and 
it'd be yeah, bad. Straight, straight sadist. It was just a, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I thought about that every time. I want to watch that. You want me to watch that? Well, yeah. Do you, you remember back in the 80s? Uh, maybe it was the 80s. Maybe it was the early 90s. Um, the, the catchphrase is 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Yes. I say that all the time. Now, that happened. <laughs> I'm sure well, you do. Me, Fear me, factor me, over here. Let me tell you, I hate to show my age a little bit, but here's why that happened in the 80s and 90s. Because I was a kid in the 70s. And I'll be honest, we was losing two or three a week. Wait, children? Kids, kids was getting kidnapped. Was, where was, were they going? It was, it was back in the days when it was literally the, the van would pull up and it, uh, the whole thing, don't take candy from strangers. Yeah. That happened because of the 70s and, and early 80s. Oh. Yeah. Like, I, I know I went to two different schools where kids were, were just missing. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a problem. Oh, my God. It was, it, was, it was some shit that really used to happen, like, with regularity. That's so, like, you know, yeah. So, we get home late, and that's why we used to get our ass beat. Because that was the whole thing. Oh, you just want to get taken. Oh, how, how did I know you weren't kidnapped? Like, that was the whole thing. And I was like, well, and I was being honest. I was like, if you had a choice to kidnap. You're not gonna pick me first. Oh, well, how you know that? What do yeah, you know? Because I was bigger than all the other kids. You're gonna go for somebody you can get in the van, you know, with a little bit of swiftness. Yeah. Get the seatbelt yeah. on them. Yeah, I wasn't gonna be an easy take. Did y'all you know ever? Did you ever watch Unsolved Mysteries? Oh yes. Oh, right? I don't know how many times I saw Robert Stack walk out of that fog and that man in that trench coat, yeah. giving you the giving you the details of your life. Okay, but I grew up on base, right? Me and my friends would think that the people got on base. I don't know how we thought they would get on base. Like, y'all, there he is right there. We would trail people on our bikes. How did they get on base? How did they get past all of the military to us right there? I don't know. But we would. We would document their dresses and everything. But if you think about it, if you look at something like Stranger Things, that's how we thought. That's how kids think. Like, it, it, can happen. It, it can happen. It can happen. It can happen. Did you look at my... Did you see this? Can you see it? No, yeah, I see it now, but I didn't see it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Had those braids covering it. That's yeah. trying to trying to show out. That's what you do, but it's all right. So th- this film, uh, the people under the stairs, was it was directed by Wes Craven. You know, we know him from uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream. Um, lesser known or at least less remembered vampire in Brooklyn, which is one of my very favorites, uh, low key favorite Eddie Murphy flick. He did Shocker and The Hills Have Eyes. Um, Suki, where do you stand on the Scream franchise? I, I, I feel like that's up your alley. I love every single one of them. <sighs> All of them, you know, I would. I don't, yes, they were the but, okay. I, I guess other horror movies I've done it before, but this was the first horror for me that killed the main character you gonna kill drew barrymore out the gate and not warn me i will love you forever because i love her that is wild if, if you take it back to friday the 13th part two um jason does sneak up on the the heroine from part one but she wasn't like a household name drew barrymore was, was already house. a legend no, no, no. you see drew barrymore i feel like you don't know she's gonna make it to the end of the movie but you know she's gonna be like make it to the credits, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so she didn't yeah. make it to the credits. That's why yeah, like, I, don't, I didn't. I didn't like all the screen, but the first one I liked. I liked how they went for that, and also how they 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 talked about it was like meta. They talked about the things that happened in horror movies as they were happening. Yeah. So that was dope. That was dope. You know and I mean? went against those tropes. 
Yes. You know, the, yeah. the girl yeah. that has sex still survives. The, the, yes. the guy that yeah. says, I'll be right back, completely makes it uh, yeah. to, to multiple sequels. Um, but yeah, the, so this was also written by Wes Craven, you know, same guy, uh, same, yeah. same style of writing, you know, uh, maybe something that would have preempted Scream. But it stars Brandon Quentin Adams. Uh, you might not think this guy's a household name, but at the time, he was one of the biggest kid actors on, you know, in, in the country. You know, he was a child actor who was already a name before the people under the stairs. Uh, before yeah. going much further, is there anything you remember him from? I, and this is kind Sandlot. of one of those things. The Sandlot is one of the is is my pick. Ah, you know, no, no, I spent the whole movie saying I know this kid. It's one of those. <laughs> like I know this kid. I know this kid. I know this kid. There you go. The Sandlot. There it is. Yeah, I thought yeah. for sure though, James, because this the, there was a reason I asked this question. There, there's like a funny, it's almost like a meme question. Like, depending on what you think of when you think of Tim Curry, determines whether we can be friends or not, right? Because some people are going to say Rocky Horror, some people are going to say It, some people are going to say Clue, and it's always a different personality of person that you know that determines which film that is, right? But with uh, with this kid, I thought, James, you were going to say Michael Jackson's Moonwalker because he was in that. Yeah, I I think. No, I don't even like remember by the time Moonwalker came out, I was so into hip hop. Like I was like, I I was remember I I was right at that age like this. By the time Moonwalker came out, right. Prince had done Purple Rain with Apollonia. I was done with Mike. Yeah, you were done. Yeah, I was Apollonia done. I saw was Apollonia jumping, jumping to Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, I was done. I was done with with all that PG shit. I was done. I was like, no, no, this is you were this trying is to hold nobody's this, hand. You were this, trying. This to... is what it's about. This is what it, this is what it's about right here. Bomb yeah. chicken, wow, wow. Brown chicken, brown, brown, chicken, brown. brown cow. <laughs> you said it. Well, Brandon Quentin Adams, you know, he had spots all over sitcoms, TV series, TV movies, and all before the people under the stairs. But after the film, you'd have seen him in the Mighty Ducks 1 and 2, The Sandlot, and, you know, then some more TV series. But he took a long break from acting. He didn't do anything for a really long time. Uh, but apparently he's back in the game right now. IMDb has him listed in, you know, in a narrator role in that 2021 film, The Resort, which I saw like twice and didn't ever know that he was involved in that film. But Everett McGill is another actor that both he and Wendy Roby, this is the the crazy couple, or they're not really a couple. We know they're brother and sister. How do we know they're a couple, though? Okay, go ahead. They they do end up saying it in a review. Say that one more time. They don't ever actually do couple stuff. They just have pet names. Right. Mommy and daddy. Right. But later on in the film, there is a reveal that, oh, man, they were brother and sister. I right. Mean, there, there was that that line. Yeah. But you don't know up to that point. At least I don't. I, I'm thinking like because, you know, like older couples and they're not really even that old. No, um, no, no. Their, their whole vibe was creepy. Yeah. So the fact that they're brother and sister, that, that's. That's ace on the creepiest shit that they do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? True. Like this, like that. That, that, is, that, that that's not the deal breaker. The fact that they're brother and sister. All the people they got under the stairs that they killed. That that's before that. Oh, and oh, by the way, we also touch each other. But that's that's far from the worst thing you're doing. You yeah, the people saying? under the stairs is like fifth <laughs> on their list as being the creepiest weird, shit that they do. Yeah, creepy. I mean, you know, r- robbing from the hood. You know, they're, they're doing a lot. 
they were doing a lot as a couple. They, they were a power couple before we knew what that was. <laughs> before we even knew what that and, was, you're yeah. right. But but you and, know they they did they got this job because they were a married couple oh. on that show Twin Peaks. Uh, yeah, and and yeah. I guess yeah. So that that was a whole thing for especially like with Everett McGill, he, the guy. I went back and I was like, man, I did not remember this guy being this wild, you know, singing up against the the wall and dancing out in the living room. I got him. I got him. I got him. I got weirdest dude in the flick, but I couldn't help but love the the effort put in by Everett McGill. Dude's well, fucking nuts, it, it, though. It, it, here's what here's what got to me. Right by the end of the movie. I kept saying he reminds me of somebody, right? You know who he reminds me of is David Byrne from Talking Heads. Yeah. Because by, by the end of the movie, yeah. all I, every every time he showed him on the screen, in my head, I was like, you know, and you may ask yourself, <laughs> where is your beautiful wife? I was like, I was like, he reminded me of the Talking Heads. That's dude. a great video. I, I, oh yeah, that's, that's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. we have to give Ving Rames any kind of special intro, but he's the guy that says, yeah, and maybe the president will make me secretary of pussy. Oh, I wrote that down. That, that was one of the quotes I wrote down. That's why when you said Wes Craven wrote it, I was like, did he write all of it? No. That, that, <laughs> seems, like a, that seems like an improv. That seems, that seems like Because if Wes Craven wrote that, if, if he put that pen to paper and wrote that, then good for him. And I think yeah. Ben, I think Ben brought his own clothes to the set because ain't no way, <laughs> yeah, no, no way, way they yeah. had those, yeah. that coffee hat ready no. for nobody. Yeah, skinny, skinny, that. skinny Ving, skinny Ving was something. With, and you know what? He had another that. line too. Right after that, when he he, he asked Fool, he said, uh, "How old are you?" He said, "Thirteen." My man said, "Thirteen." Too old for titties, too young for pussy. <laughs> and and I was like, first of all, I was like. Bars. What kind of thirteen-year-old was Leroy? Because I remember being thirteen, and I was far from too old for titties. <laughs> like when I was thirteen, that was still a number one goal. Like that was still that was that was not it. That, like, I don't I, think he's he's not talking about that kind. I think he's talking about the mama, isn't he? Like maybe you're too no, old to be on your I, mama. No, I think he was trying to say. No, I think he was t- maybe. You know what? That makes <laughs> no sense. All right, good, good. Cause I was like, you know, I was starting to feel bad about myself. I was like, well, other you thought, you're too old. You're too old to be on hanging on your mom. Okay, right? no, no, that man, thank you. Because you're I was welcome. like, because I was like, well, other thirteen year old, well, all my friends out there getting titty. It's all you wanted. And I, I, and I was it's like, that's it. Dark path, did it? And and, and 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 I'll be honest, it's still like number eight on my list. It's still like it's still a, a goal that that I that I, I'm trying to achieve. But when I, I heard that line. I was like, damn, is that a 13 year old? Yeah. What's yeah. going on in the streets? But I get it now, though. Thank you. That makes now, now the line makes now. I think that West Paper might have wrote that because that sounds like something. <laughs> that sounds like something people might have said. That sounds like something to put you in your place. Makes yeah. all kinds yeah. of sense now. Oh my no, because I have a joke about that. I, 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 I thought about this. And, and Billy, <laughs> as a father of two sons, you can, you can co sign. There's nothing more worthless than a 13-year-old boy. Oh man, you you said they're worthless. It. They're worthless. They, 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 they can't get a job, but they eat like they got a job. It takes a war right? pension to feed them. Yeah, like they, they 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 they're growing into a man, but they don't they don't take care of themselves like they're a man. <laughs> you know, it, it's awkward. The 13-year-old is useless. There's, they, they, we don't contribute nothing. And I thought back to when I was 13. I'm like, yeah, 
we, we, we're right at that. It's an awkward age because we, we contribute nothing. All we do is take. All they, all they can all, do is really is jack off and cuss. That's all they can do. My daughter learned three instruments by 13. No, no. Daughters are different. Guys, guys, 13-year-old boys are the worst. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, don't yeah, walk in the room and pick up a sock. You know what I'm saying? Just like leave it there till they remove it. Yeah, you know, when, when you're a parent of a 13-year-old boy, you have to say stuff like, are those the same pants you've been wearing all week? You have to be like, and, and, and they say stuff like, what? I don't know. Here's the thing. They don't know. That's the part. It'd be like, if they said yes or no, but they they literally be like, I, you know, I woke up. And I put them on. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Skinny Ving was a problem, James. You said it, man. It was the first yeah. time I remember seeing Ving Rhames had to be in Pulp Fiction. Uh, you know, he had spots in TV roles, but wasn't he Don King also? Let me or was tell you that... he, no, oh, no, he I, was, I was Don King. Uh, uh, when, that was a the, terrible role. When the quarantine first started, right? I got into Miami Vice. And you watch Miami Vice just for the guest stars. Everybody who was anybody at some point was on Miami Vice. And Ving, Ving was was a young was a young drug dealer in Miami Vice. You could tell that he was just coming up. And 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 it, there's there's so many actors. If you look it up, there, I think there's somebody put a video of of actors and actresses okay. that came up in Miami Vice. But but he was one of those. So I remember him as that guy. But I didn't. Yeah. But it wasn't until Pulp Fiction where he was Ving Rhames. Yeah, you know, yeah, because then it was like, okay, who this guy is? This guy is, is he's not just a character actor, he's this dude is a, is a problem. Well, you know, he had that Don King role, I believe it was only in America. Yeah, 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 that was after that, was, that, was, that was after Pulp Fiction. That's when that he, was after Pulp Fiction, yeah. yeah so, yeah. but that's where I saw him in his first lead role, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but and he's not really even known for horror films. He's got like 13 to 15 horror credits though, but he plays this huge role. What wasn't in, he in one of the in one of the Living Deads? Wasn't he in one of those? He was, he was, and that is a top yeah. three zombie film for me all time. Uh, yeah. Dawn of the Dead. That was dope. That was really that was that was good. I I, I watched that one like over the last year. And it was different. Yeah. It was a yeah. different kind of living dead yeah. or yeah. of the dead film. Uh, yeah, you, you had zombies cool. that were running like Daryl Green out there. You know, yeah, the any, any, anytime you have fast zombies, game changer. Completely yeah. changed uh, the game. And no uh, other thing did it before shit. that. Yeah, yeah. All, all that, oh, we can sneak by them. No, you ain't sneaking by. You ain't sneaking by these fast zombies. Mm-mm. No, no. So we've also got a young AJ Langer. She had the lines, sometimes in is out. I don't know what the hell she was talking about, but sometimes in is out uh kelly joe mentor okay first of all let me just say right now kelly joe mentor is the hammer of this i knew film. you was about to say something I can tell you didn't know you... shit jane no 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 by the way you took that pause that's yeah. that, 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 that was that guy yeah that was that guy like i'm gonna I'm I'm listen listen i'm about to say something and i, <laughs> I and i stand on it yeah and i yep. stand on it on everything yeah. You've been on too many of my shows, Jay. But 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 no, I, I saw it like, when I looked up the cast. I saw season stuff later on that I saw. But yeah, yeah. I don't know when uh, when she was in Nightmare compared to to this one. I, I don't I don't know where that falls in the timeline. But Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe it was three, four. Um, but she had the line. Damn, she knocked that bitch cold. That's the only thing she didn't really do much else in this film except be there as the older. She was the one at the beginning of the film doing the tarot reading. Yeah, yeah. So that, that that's, that's how you know her. Name. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. We've got Bill Cobbs. Um, he's uh, he's the one that said that brother and sister act you mess with are evil, wait, plain and simple. Wait, New Jack wait. City. Yeah, New Jack City, man. New Jack City. He, Bill he Cobbs. Took out Nino. Yeah. The wait, the the other wait. Can we go back? Sometimes out is in what's my girl's name? AJ Langer. AJ, so she was in My So-Called Life, which is a pivotal show of my whole entire teenage years. I would just like to point that out. And now I think she's married to like an earl or a duke of like a Windsor. Okay, I thought you were talking about like just a dude that hangs around a liquor store. Like You know, like, you know cause I, cause I, I thought, I was like, you know what? Suki likes earls. She's like, man, she's married to an earl. Like, oh, really? Not, not a chance. So maybe a Billy's got a chance, or, or Jimmy got a chance. <laughs> Heard you no, the Earls, girl. Like real titles, y'all. Like real, like real, no, like real sick. stuff. Yeah. Like the King's English, because the Queen is dead. R.I.P. So the King's English. The fun, man. Okay. okay, my bad. My bad. We've also got Sean Whalen who plays Roach, and Roach doesn't really have any other lines in this thing besides mumbling mean. because they cut out his fucking tongue. He saved the show. But you know what, though? Of all the people on the stairs, he's the only one that, that you remember. He's the, And he's the only one that I really, like, could pick out well, today in a lot. I'll be, I'll, I'll be, because you I know why? He's, he's been in a lot of commercials. Like, he, he's, he's been in a lot of, he's, he's been in a lot of stuff. But here's the thing. For, for the title of people under the stairs, I really thought I'd see more of them. Mm-hmm. It was really about, you know, about Fool's Odyssey to get out. Cause they they were like the byproduct. I, I really I was like they're really not gonna give. They they, they didn't really get much. They they didn't get much. They were just they were there, and you knew it. They were At problem. face value, I'll agree, James. At face value, what the pe- the people under the stairs at face value are def- they don't get a lot of time. However, um, I believe the 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 overarching idea is that Fool and Leroy, they are also the people under the stairs underprivileged, unnoticed. Um, the people who fall between the cracks, you know what I'm saying? Oh, no, no, I get it on a metaphorical level. <laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah. You know, we didn't see too many uh, pale-ass dudes with uh, yeah. perfectly <laughs> cut hair somehow. But you know um, what, though? It, it's also, part, you know, back in those movies like that, it could have been a budget thing, could have been a they probably couldn't spend the amount of money to make to make that whole sure. vibe come alive. You know how things happen in movies, like, okay, well. That's that, 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 kind of funny. Yeah, like it might have came out cheesy, and they're like, "We can't." People yeah, will laugh we, us. we only got Nobody. two hours for makeup. We only got yeah. enough makeup for eighty you dudes uh, to fit yeah. the budget because we had to pay Ving Rhames. He, he right, yeah. watched it, and you know, like like some of the people might have been family members. You know how they do it. Those, those, those kind of movies, anybody can be back there. Yeah. The tagline to this film is: "In every neighborhood, there's one house that adults whisper about." And children cross the street to avoid. Now, I feel like this is uh, probably too real a tagline. It probably holds true for a lot of people. We, we had one. We had one. When I, I was going to ask that. Yeah, I was going to ask that because I didn't have it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, tell me about it. Well, what was the one? No, house? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's why we, we made that the haunted house because it was this old. That's it. We lived in a development, right? And I guess it was like one holdover. They didn't want to give up his old house. So we had all these little, you know, cheap starter homes in this one house that probably been there a hundred years, and we were just and, and and that looked like all the houses that we were scared of in movies. Huh? So, yeah, and and they didn't have kids. So if they were kids, then we would. But there were no kids there. So you you know what? You have no kids. 
you have you have a house that's different. You're haunted, and your witches, and your warlocks, and your demons. Mm. You know, and this is remember, this is like when Exorcist was coming out, and the Omen was coming out. So oh, like, yeah. devil worship, devil worship was huge. But before Friday thirteen, like, like that was it. That it, it was all about the it was all about Satan. Like it, it wasn't about serial killers. Back back mm. before before Friday thirteen, we were all just thinking about. That's that's Satan's house, like that's that's demons. It was all about demons. He chose this neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. It's like you know he could have been anywhere, but he came to this little block of lower middle class people because <laughs> this is where he's gonna. This is where he's gonna make his move. <laughs> all the self importance in the world. Everybody suffers from it, man. Yeah, but you know there was a room in my step grandma's house that we weren't supposed to go, but but there was like a mythical old lady up there allegedly. Uh, you know, not a house. Suki, you have one of those in your. Well, I mean, you've been to. Uh, I guess you didn't have one of those on the, the the military base. Don't make fun of me. No, we did not have one of those on the military base. No, but I grew up in Hawaii. There's a lot of stories about their, you know, their um, deities, and so there's a lot sure. of, you know, there's a lot of scary stories about being on the beach at night. So we had that kind of stuff going on. Okay, so. well, hey, that's that's unique though. I mean, uh, I had the room in the attic. James had the whole house. You had the beach. I mean, we we're not all built the same, you know. <laughs> I can. I had a hard life. It was a hard yeah, life. I, I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't, know, I didn't know there was a thing. I, isn't that a movie? Scary Beach. No, it should be. It should be. Yeah. <laughs> so there are there are stories. Okay, there are stories about you know the gods and goddesses, and I'm not going to get into them, but they do freak you out if you're a kid. You you worry oh, about yeah. it. They yeah. Tell you like oh, yeah. every spot on the island somebody has died, so you'll just be standing there like you think someone died right here. You think someone yeah. died here because you know war, whatever. I forgot. No, no, no. That was a big thing. Anytime there was a somebody died here, could have died there, then that was it. That was like, oh, you think someone hell died no here? hell no yeah yeah well we have a different kind of cold open in this film uh first of all this film's rated r for violence and terror and that's probably due to the cannibalism because there's not a whole lot more uh in, in this uh, film his uh, daughter is locked up with her hands and he starts grabbing himself which was very i, I, I did forget her. about that like scene. that was the r yeah that that could definitely <laughs> definitely be it um, but I mean, you have like bodies split open and all that. And I, I did not remember it being that gory. Um, I, I thought a lot of the horror was metaphorical in this one uh, until I rewatched. And I thought, hmm, okay. And you know, that, that scene that you're talking about, that's really the only instance in the film that refers to that. Maybe uh, they thought it was enough. Yeah, it was enough for me. Well, yeah. no, I mean, I, I could see like, like if I was a 12 year old kid, I wouldn't want to see that movie. Yeah, yeah. It was too much. It was it was a lot going on. Yeah, and like even even that asshole dog. And normally the dogs or whatever the animals or whatever that dog like they really they they spend more money on making that dog an asshole than the people <laughs> understand. Because I was like I was I never been in, I never watched a movie where I was like this fucking dog man. This goddamn. Dog. Like, oh my god! Every every time someone it would get quiet and I remember here here comes this <laughs> asshole dog. Here comes this asshole. I guess they had to do that because when the dog got it, you had to be like, "Good, right? You were not good. right? Yeah, yeah." It's the I one time. It's the one time. You know, there's an actual website called Did the Dog Die? <gasps> and 
it's it's not based on just pet it's named after that situation where like a lot of people don't want to watch they get triggered from pets you know getting killed or whatever but the website is basically a trigger warning type website so if you're ever worried about a film and not sure if it's gonna be up your alley or if you if you don't want to you know if, if you worry about things like rape scenes, you worry about kids getting killed, you worry about, you know, pets getting killed, you go to didthedogdie.com and it's going to tell you. It's going to spoil that part for you. See, I didn't but, know that, but, but it's also, it's like, it, 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 it doesn't let people come into it on their own. Because, like I said, like if you saw that and didn't know how much of a dickhead that dog was, you wouldn't watch it. You'd understand you know? after you saw yeah. it, though. Oh, when that dog finally got it, I was like, oh, I, Finally, finally. Asshole. Even my daughter was cheering. My daughter was cheering. Exactly. Like if that dog was a co-worker, you wouldn't take him out for drinks. No. Nah. Asshole. It was just an asshole dog. <laughs> so we have a different kind of cold open in this film. It, it, it's a tarot reading. This is what we were talking about earlier. And he gave a little yeah, yeah. preview of what's ahead for our lead man. His name's Fool. Nickname uh, Poindexter. Um. That's how I knew Wes Craven wrote it, too. Excuse me. When I heard that Poindexter, I was like, I don't care what kind of black household you grew up in. I don't care if you were, if your parents were both astronauts and physics and scientists. No way you are naming a a black child Poindexter. Well, but you will give him a nickname. They did call him Dex. Oh, yeah. No, no. But it would be Dexter. There's no no black Poindexter. I'll look it up and I'll see if I can find one. Or Dex or Dexter. I think the mom called him Dexter. Somebody else may have called him something. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, though. There's going to be a nickname. Gonna They're be, not going to call uh, him Point yeah. Dexter. But not that yet. Because I, 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 I wrote that down. Like, Point Dexter. Uh-uh. Not what was the kid's thing? name on Baby's Kids? Remember when uh, they, they got surrounded by the white kids and there was the one, the redheaded kid that was hopping up and down? He's like, my name is, I think it's Winthrop. Never mind. Yeah. Forget, forget me. Forget what I'm saying. Nah, fool, we're calling you Opie. But yeah, th- this is um, you know, a preview of what's going to happen for Fool. And I really think, though, that tarot reading wasn't just for Fool. Okay, this is may- maybe me overanalyzing this like, like I do. But I think this tarot reading may have been for the movie-going audience. Almost as if to say these preconceived notions aren't your fault unless you leave here with the same preconceived notions. And those notions surround okay. classism, racism, and all the, the bad isms you can think of. You get that from the opening, or am I just talking out my ass? Well, I did not. Oh, no, no, I, I, I didn't even break the open down. I was like, I was like, let's get okay, this, this happening. I was like, let's get to something. So yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even take it in like that, but it, it makes sense. Well, well, that's that's Craven though. He he's always been socially uh, aware, a little bit more, you know, ahead of his time than than maybe some others. He, he's always had that social awareness. But either way, Fool's mom is on what looks like her deathbed, and you know she can't. They can't make rent, you know, while on the other side of the tracks we see the couple, you know, feasting on the the, the biggest rack of ribs. I've, I've ever seen it. I don't, I couldn't tell if it was human. Yeah. And he's spitting out buckshot, like they're watermelon seeds. What's your take on the setting here? The, the dichotomy of the two, two families. Oh, it was kind of on, it was on the nose. It was literally like, okay, here's, 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 here's the worst. You know, and, and on the other side, here's, here's, here's the other, here's the gluttonous side, but that that's in life. There's always, you know, like there's somebody who would be envious of the meals you had today. 
You know what I mean? So that was like, all right, yes. I feel like this. I've had ribs before. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure somebody would be like, damn, James had ribs. That's crazy. That's crazy. He had ribs, yo. Like, you know, yeah, some people have it rough and some people don't. But that's always been the world. See, I seen, I saw, I saw two house poor homes. Because the house has a lot of old furniture. But it was very dusty and nothing was really up to date. And maybe they had it because everything else was tied up in all their investments, but it wasn't very showy. It was just very classic because it was passed down. So they were very house poor. Both homes were house poor, but one was doing something about it by trying to flip their neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Ving had that line too. I, I guess I should say Leroy had that line where he said, "Looks like rich folks got rats too." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these details aren't just small fillers, though. I think there's a line in there about like if a if a tenant's three days late, they Mm -hmm. have to pay triple the rent or something like that. And you know that's not gonna happen. So the landlords are just waiting for the green light to be able to evict. Uh they're gonna demolish the place, sell for office space, and that'll be the end of that, right? Mm -hmm. But not only that, they own a liquor store. Well, we know this kind of early on. They own a liquor store and the apartment building. So they're out there taking advantage of the poor oh. and then f- feeding the easiest vice that there that's, is. That's what I'm, that's what, no, now I remember what I was reading, R. Remember, you remember old dude, McGill, he, he dropped the hard R. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he dropped did. The and there hard was only R. one black dude who robbed yeah, the place. He, I was like, there was only one He was talking to sister. He was like, yeah, niggas robbed the store. I was like, dropped oh, it. shit. Dropped it. And oh, I said, okay. did he say okay. A or E-R? Because it just sounded like it was an A a little bit, but it no, was no. a hard. Because I had to stop. I'm like, okay. Oh, no, and that, that kind of set the tone. Like, right. okay. But right. it was only it was only one black guy because it was the, the white guy, which I was like, what does that mean? It was just the one. So that was yeah. weird. <laughs> but back then, back then there were people that. I think, I think it, let, it let you show, like, this is who you're dealing with. Nah. So, yeah, so yeah, Before yeah. You so, saw all the other crazy shit, you, you knew there was something off about him, you didn't know how off. But when I heard that line, I was like, okay, wow, wow, wow. The, so, but there was a like, a, a, I guess, a mentality that people would almost try to pretend that they're not racist by saying, hey. There's black ones and there's white ones. Okay. Same word applies to both of them. It just means they're trash or whatever. That's right. So there was that cop out that they tried, but here's like the thing, Everett McGill. I don't know where the guy's from. I don't know where this film is is set. I think it's in LA somewhere. So if there wasn't a hard R and it sounded like, I guess the more appropriate, if there is such way uh, to say it, if, if he didn't have the hard R, that's to me just like an accent. No, no, here's the thing. You know, I, I will say this. The reason why I, I, I wasn't mad at it, I appreciated it because oh, I'm that's curious. The thing. But no, no, here's the thing. Right now, right now, 8:52 p.m. Somebody is saying the hard R right now. <laughs> right? They, 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 they just learned. They Call just of learned, Duty. Call they of just Duty. learned. They just learned. Yeah, not not that not to show their face, not to make sure that they, they could be attributed to them, but it didn't disappear. Just because people realize you can't get caught saying it. Yeah. So let's not pretend. People want to pretend like, oh, well, you know what? Well, back, back in those days, people said that. It's being said. 
and it's probably been said more in the last 10 years than it was the 10 years before that. So I'm going to say it right after we end this broadcast. Oh oh <laughs> Why do you want to be so difficult? Are you going to be like, playing Call of Duty? I had, a, I had a good time with those two. <laughs> <laughs> I you hope know. they come back. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's foul. But no, but, but you know, that's why I, no, that's why I liked about it because if anybody's gonna say it, it would be those two. Yeah. So it's right. a natural. It was. It was a natural. It was a natural. Yeah. That's how that's they talk. The that's how they deal with each other. Yeah. The cops keep getting called to their house over and over again. No one does anything. They're getting cookies in the free. And how do you and shoot? You know, you shoot in a neighborhood. The cops. Come. I, I I thought the same shit. He blasted that shotgun thirty times. At least. <laughs> I don't care. How big the house is, you can't soundproof you 30 can't. shotgun blasts. Yeah, no. with, with the with the plaster and the no. like, yeah. The I, I, I thought that was a little bit much. Yeah, Yippie Kaye all through Yippie the house. Kaye, motherfuckers. Yeah, but that, that was he was he was that because that shotgun had me I was like easy. I was laughing. I was like, he is shooting shit out of that shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're sitting on a gold mine, and it's a gold mine Leroy Ving Rames wants to exploit. We all know somebody like Leroy. Okay, the the Vingrings character is always scheming, always plotting on somebody. I don't know what Leroy's relationship is to the family. He may be, I, I really don't know, but he's found a treasure map. And as a bonus objective, the outcome really sticks it to the, the landlords of the family's apartment. So James, Suki, we all know a Leroy, do we not? Yeah. Oh, there's always, there's always the hustler. There's always the, 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 Every every day is a constant hustle, a constant come up. You know, I had an uncle who like it was it was always the the always the edge, always can we here's the problem though. A lot of times people like that, they don't just they they they'll they'll exploit anybody. So it's not just external people. They'll do it to family. You know, like when, when you when you're in that hustle mentality, everybody's weak. Everybody's a victim. That's how they see the world. Is you know what? They're gonna get it from me. They got somebody gonna do it. There's no I'm, honor I'm amongst mine. thieves, right? No honor yeah. amongst thieves. Yeah. And yeah. and it's really apparent when, uh, you know, even Leroy doesn't trust his own partner, Spencer, right? Because he's been gone into the house. I guess we should talk about the scheme first. I don't want to get too far into Spencer. But the scheme is to steal some gold coins, which Leroy hangs over fool's head, knowing he'll go along. You know, he's got to save mama. He's got to help pay yeah, right. the rent. You know, they, So they send fool in with the Boy Scout cookies. And I don't even know if that's a thing. What you yeah, I was that was laughing. He, he could, he, you know what? He could have been like, "Would you like to contribute to my little league team?" You know, could have yeah, done anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, somebody who's who's such a skilled hustler, Leroy wasn't thinking. He didn't think that shit through. Yeah, but yeah. I just asked, like, when the little when he showed up, she was running. Now was she afraid of kids? And when the when the guy shows up, she was all pleasant. Is it because it was an adult? It was an adult in a uniform, and it wasn't black. I was not. Okay, yeah. The yeah. beautiful thing about this film, guys, and, and I mean this wholeheartedly, you can look at so many angles of this and it's going to mean something completely different to you, to me, uh, and, and they're all valid. Every one of them are valid because I think they are... That, that's why I... 
that's why I went out of my way to say both classism and racism, because that's what this is. They, they look down on poor people. They look down on black people. And, you know, a lot of the times in this scenario, they're the same people. Right. Because I so, will say, unless I'm wrong, none of the people under the stairs were black. So I give them that. Well, yeah, because they probably, were all supposed I, to be kids, right? But they ever said, but they were like, I just, I just thought about it now. Like, if, if I'm looking at all the, the they didn't, they, so they, they were all pretty so, powdery white by that time. No, but, they hadn't seen saying, the sun, saying, I, but I didn't see I'm any. Saying, your, your classism it rings true. They were all the boys they, they, that got thrown away. Yeah, they they wanted people that nobody would look for. That you know what that's. That's probably valid. That's probably valid. But, you know, they send fooling with those those Boy Scout cookies. That doesn't fly. So they go with the I'm from the gas company routine. And I keep thinking and maybe I'm doing that thing again where I overthink, you know, that that Spencer gives himself away in the very beginning when he produces that ID card. And it says his eyes are green. But Spencer's eyes are brown. Anybody else catch that? No, it was the ring. There's the she ring did, too. Yeah. They did. They, they did do I that pan on the ring. Think... Yeah, for her to be like, no, no working man, no working man wears a ring like this to work. Like, yeah, and but then there's thing. also maybe multiple things like you know what the the green eyes thing you know got me, but then can't pair that with the ring, right? Or maybe the ring is listen, you got blue collar guys, you know they'll wear anything. Or or, or, but... or she might be like not stupid, like well nobody ever visits, and in the same day. I get I get somebody selling Boy Scout yeah. cookies and now this, it, it, it was like it, it was like that was kind of clumsy. Yeah, it was, yeah. was, was kind of clumsy, but you needed that to you know to move the rest of the story. We got to get in somehow, so we're just gonna keep trying till we do, right? Yeah. But like I said, there's no honor amongst thieves, and you know Spencer isn't trusted by Leroy because you know he he's been into this house for. Very little time, and Leroy automatically jumps to the conclusion because that he Leroy might be knows, stealing these Leroy coins. Leroy knows that's what he would do. That's why he didn't trust him. Yeah, that's a Leroy, fact. That is a fact. Leroy, Leroy was like, you know what? If I was him and I had the gold and I could get out the back door, I'd do it. And another thing that really yeah. points at the desperation of the poor versus the comfortability of the rich, I guess, is you know sometimes it sometimes it be your own people, right? So of course Leroy doesn't trust Spencer. Of course yeah. he doesn't. But, you know, to tell the truth, we might all pick up on different undertones in this film. Like I said, it's clear that Craven was playing on societal prejudices. And as a kid who grew up, you know, basically with his parents, just barely having enough, worked hard, tried to dig out of that hole. You know, the, the classism undertones are easier to pick up on for me where you might have different narratives that you pick up on from the film and we all just draw something from it and it has validity. It has validity to this day. Right. I mean, it, it hasn't lost any kind of, any kind of meaning from since 1990. I think it was one. I don't know if I actually wrote down the year that this was. was I was 11. You you, you said it was the 30th, 30th anniversary, right? I was 11. You said I wasn't 11. I was definitely 11. Doggone. You took that personal. I did. So. Fool is more of a complex character than we might give him credit for. Uh, you know, he, he proves he's like not in over his head when he and Leroy are attacked by that guard dog, that asshole guard dog. You know, well, he's using his brain to get out of that trap, right? Yeah, yeah. Bates yeah. the dog to come to him, jumps up, shuts the door behind him. 
Like fools being a badass. And at no point did he just like like I, I would I'm not saying they had to do it, but there should have been one scene where he just freaked the fuck out. Just freaked out. Because there's nothing that prepares you for any of that, you know. Midway gets killed, you're in the wall talking to Roach. At some point, he should have just had a little a mini freak out. And then like, okay, calm down, fool. Calm down, fool. Because he 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 was like, like, okay, this is what's happening, I'm gonna survive. But it, most people at some point would lose this shit for a hot second. You know, he he was just maybe a, a moment or two from asking for a paperclip, some bubble gum, and a roller skate to 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 you know make a bomb or something. Like he was just one step away from being MacGyver yeah. in this film. Yeah, we're gonna get out now. Spit that gum out of my hand, right? But you know, the, you're you're right though. I mean, there's a there's maybe a little bit of naive. Uh, how do you say that? Naivete. Maybe. Ooh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of that with him, too. Is that, a, is, that, that, is that a five-star word for you, Billy? That, man, that got six stars, and it don't go to but to five. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, there's a little bit of that with with uh, Fool as well. I mean, first, he uses his brain to trap the dog, but in another scene, he's telling Leroy what happened to Spencer. He, he says, you know, he thinks he was scared to death. Scared to death. Why you say that? Well, if you thought he was white before, you should have seen that sucker now, yeah. right? Because you know Spencer did look like he'd been dead for days. He he was yeah. he was as pale as I am. But I do keep asking myself why they're running. Like Leroy is not you know, undisputed. Ving Rhames. You know he's he's still built like a brick shit house though. You you see he's about to bust out them jeans. Them quads would would squat a Buick. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, and he would rock your body with those those hooks, guaranteed. And he's running from this old lanky dude. I didn't really buy that part. That that is one part that got me. Well, you know what? It's it's also if you look at most most people that you know that have ever done a home invasion, there's there's probably a universal reaction. Flight. People people can't believe you're in their house, and that moment of shock is where you just take over and then you do what you got to do. So the fight back, I can see the initial shit like like it's almost like I don't know if you remember this, Billy. Have you, you ever like been talking shit? You ever been into a fight and then realize in the first minute you picked the wrong dude? <laughs> a couple times. You know what I mean? Like you go over there. You know, I, I remember I was big. I was the biggest kid. I was black. I was. I remember this kid. I was talking shit, and he was like, he was like, not today, Alexander. Not today. <clears throat> And I was like, "What do you mean not today?" Next thing I know, I'm in a suck. I'm in a hammerlock, and I can't. I can't breathe. And my glasses fell off, and everybody's looking at me. And I realized, don't ever, don't ever, get, don't ever think it can't happen. So you know. So I think that that in Leroy's world, he was probably the Billy Badass every room he went into. So the first time some dude comes at you with a shotgun, you're not ready for it. That hasn't been your experience. <clears throat> Man, that got a lot more personal. I thought it was going to. No, but you know what? I, I I can see. You know, you can. It's 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 ego. You know. Oh, I'm, nobody better than me. Oh, this guy's this guy's different. All oh, shit. <laughs> First of all, he's not scared of a black guy in his house. Well, no, he welcomes they know, it. They know yeah, the guy's go. stories. Yeah. They've heard yeah. the stories growing up about him, so they know. I mean, they know these these people are weird. So he's got that too. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. There is a backstory that people people just know that house is evil. 
So he, yeah, you're right. He's he's probably looking at it. He don't the, like weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I heard Jordan Peele say, like, listen, all that leather and what they had going on, that's white shit. We don't do that. <laughs> Y'all don't do that. Jordan yeah. Peele. But his, you know, Jordan Peele's mom's white. But the I point do. is this. He knows, both, <laughs> he knows both sides, too. That's how he recognizes like, so quick. <laughs> point is this. We don't do weird. You know, I was a crime scene tech, right? We got to a call and the lady said there was people in her house. Here we go. I have to tell a story. Said there no, was I know that. I was clearing my throat. Did that sound like words? People in her house. Okay. So we get there. It's just a TV screen. She said, there they go. They're in there. I don't do weird. I left. I don't do weird. You got to call somebody else for that. They're in the, in the screen. The TV. Hold on. So if, if, even if she was right and there was a poltergeist moment, that, that's why Jordan Peele named this last movie No, because we don't do that shit. Yeah, you walked in, she said TV, and you said TV in your head. Nope. That's it. Write write, write me up, suspend me, fire me. Because you weren't saying she was crazy. You were saying, even if she's 100% right, I'm not going to find out. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to find out that that shit happened. Now, when there was people, now when there was real people with guns and stuff, I was right. right. But now that the people are here, you made, a, you made a business decision. Like, you know what? <laughs> a business decision. Yeah. Somebody comes out of that TV, you know you're not going to be the same. You don't want to be like, I'm not, not no, today. No, thank you. I'm not yeah. not today. What did Eddie Murphy say? Uh, he's like, listen, like, oh, baby, this house is beautiful. Uh, you got some kids playing outside. We got a pool in the back. Get yeah. out. Uh, Too bad we can't stay, baby. <laughs> that's it. That's just, yeah, there's no, hes- no, hes- no hesitation. Yeah, yeah. No hezzy yeah. at all. But, you know, once yeah. Leroy was shot and killed by uh, Everett McGill, um, I keep thinking I'm fucking up his name because there's another actor named Bruce McGill that's a completely different person. I, I, yeah, but this is Everett McGill. I'm going to say Bruce yeah, in a yeah. minute. So don't hold it against me. But there's a dialogue. Is, but yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's a dialogue between Fool and the little girl who lives there named Alice. And this dialogue kind of lends validity to what we were talking about uh, with, with the narratives of the film, okay. Alice talks about how nobody gets out, and that people have tried, and there are people living under the stairs, and they were put there by Daddy, or the man who killed Leroy. Uh, he, he just cut out the bad parts and put them down there. But as long as they have that little bit of food and a flashlight, they're pretty happy. I mean, is that not the perfect metaphor for what we're talking about today? It's all summed yeah. up right there. Yeah, yeah. If, if people have just enough, sometimes that's just enough. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And then they're not thinking about more because literally it was a fight just to get just enough. Yeah, when they I, probably I had more before, because you know the powers yeah. that be take away what it takes away what it can, throws you scraps, and sometimes it feels like whoa, <laughs> they really took care of me this time. You know, Alice also says she goes along and sees, hears, and speaks no evil, and that's how she survives. What do you think she means by seeing, hearing, and speaking no evil? No, because the reason why she got to, to roam the house is because she played the game. Yeah. Yeah, she played. She, she, she saw what the game was. Like, okay, you know what? Let them, let them, they want to be a mommy and daddy. Just yes, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You're still going to get abused, but you're not under the stairs. Mm-hmm. And you probably get to eat regular food. And in her world, that was a win. That was, she's she like, okay. Because she, you know what, that whole saying, it can be worse. 
it's easy to say that when you know what the worst is right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it could be worse, as in, you know, roach. So yeah, I, I could see her making that rationalization, like, okay, I'll play this. So this is the this this is the hand I've been dealt. I'm gonna play it. So seeing no evil could be just turning a blind eye. Yep. To, yep. To when, the when, injustice. When, another, when another kid comes in and next thing you know, they're not there anymore. You know, you go to dinner, nobody brings it up. You don't ask what happened to so-and-so. You just, yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, you know what? As long as the focus is on somebody else, it's not on you. you know, next so thing I, you know, I, it's 10 PM and you don't know where your children are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was straight survival mode. You know what? You know, like I, I, I feel, I feel for you. The better you than me. You know, yeah. prior to his passing, uh, Wes Craven was in the middle of a series based on this film. He was just about to get this mm-hmm. thing done. Yeah, or maybe a sequel. I don't think it was a sequel. I think it was just a a series based on based on this film. Uh, but it does show that if he's putting this thing together in 2022, not as a nostalgia piece, but as a contemporary you know, work of, you know, a contemporary project. It shows that not much has changed since 1991. Yeah. Yeah. The the players are different, but the scenario is exactly the same. Well, you know about crabs, you know about crabs. If you warm the crabs all the way up, blue crabs in particular, they'll jump out. But if you steadily increase the pressure, they'll stay as long, as long as you want them to until they're all the way cooked. That's evil. But you know what though? That's apt because that, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Steep staying in the pressure because we don't feel the change, but it's been steadily increasing since we got in the pot. Mm. Well, you know, like I mentioned before, Craven was one of the more socially aware writers and directors in horror, especially. Um, if there was a bridge between the 70s and 80s culture of slasher horror, it was a nightmare on Elm Street. Like New Nightmare was really a stepping stone for Scream. Oh, for sure. For sure. Know, with it being kind of self-recognizing, I guess, or self-aware, and it kind of played on those uh, it's, it, the own its own genres tropes. And again, I say that knowing damn well I'm not a big fan of Screams two through five. No haterade, no hateration, only holleration. And I can, <laughs> and I can recognize that. No, I want to know was, your takes. Yeah. I want to know your takes on Alice, the captive daughter. Like, what do you take from her character? It feels like she's a little bit deeper than meets the eye. No, I, I think that 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 she took notes. You know, in that that way that she took notes. She she saw everything. She didn't turn a blind eye. She didn't have to say anything. But she that's why she was like. Like she was, she was, she was ready to do everything except jump off that goddamn roof. Mm. She was like, and she was, she was like, like she was so traumatized that that was the, that was the thing she couldn't do. But everything else, she was like, like she she learned how to deal with the abuse. She learned how to deal because she knew that there was it was there were other levels of hell that she had to endure. So in her mind, and you think about it, right? In her mind, she was doing better than anybody in that house. As far as so, so like you take your wins when you get when you have them. So her existence compared to all the everybody else, she was winning. She was winning even even on her worst day. The worst thing that would happen, it was still it paled 
into what was under the stairs. So she, you know, that was her. I, I, I could see where she was like, you know, she knew she knew it was bad. She knew it was horrible, but she knew what what the ultimate level of horror was. Like she was still alive. She was still basically herself, and she saw how all the everybody else got turned into monsters. So I I I, I see it as her saying, you know what, this is this sucks, but you know it's always to say, oh, it's always worse on the other side. But you when you see the other side, it's very easy to be like, you know what, I I appreciate these French fries because downstairs they're eating skin, they're eating people. Right. But she was also like an ally. She was an ally for Roach and with that doll and leading the boys. So she was trying to do. Yeah, like she was doll. trying. She was trying to do her part without, without you know, revealing, without getting herself in trouble. But yeah, she was. It was you know, that was a tough character. And I kind of think Alice represents the maybe not completely unaware audience, but she's the product of quote-unquote mommy and daddy here you know, she's never seen anything but a white man or woman she's told that defiant girls burn in hell she's told to speak when spoken to and there's that point you were talking about james where she doesn't even realize there's anything outside those walls and an important thing from my perspective is she's punished for helping the people under the stairs you know we don't we see that today still you know, folks cast out of a community for simply associating with those of another. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. she's afraid to leave the house with fool, almost like a flat earther, you know, afraid to travel too far off or they're going to fall off the edge. Right. I, she I even tells them, I'm afraid. Flat earthers, that's a, you know, you get on that YouTube channel, it's real. That's all I'm saying. It is. You're, you're right. She, but Alice tells him, I'm afraid. I mean, they are afraid, you know, that you know, she backs away asking what's out there, what's out there. And I'm, I'm sure that represents a good portion of the audience. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? Even yeah. if, even if aware, even if aware, there's levels of awareness, maybe even wokeness, you know, but I don't want to use that word because that's become ugly, but it should be noted that the rich in this film doesn't really represent someone who's simply money rich, right? I do think in today's world, everybody loves you while you're hustling or chasing the bag. But once you've got the bag, they start to hate you. It's a weird dichotomy. But the rich in this scenario is the oppressive. That that much should be clear. And yeah, no, it, was, cases, it, was, it, was, it was power rich. Power rich. It was power rich. Yeah, it was the power that they held over the house and over the, over the community. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was power. It wasn't showy. It wasn't showy. Yeah. The house was dusty. It wasn't right. the updated house. It wasn't a but showy like, house. Like, like we, we hold all these, we hold, we hold, here's what we hold in our hands. Everybody in this house and everybody who lives in buildings we own, we hold them and we use that power brutally. Because they were burning the firewood in the beginning. So like I'm saying, they're house poor. They're stuck too. But they're stuck and they can move move pieces around, you know, to make themselves not be so stuck. But it's, it's these poor people that are kind of standing in the way. The two have correlation, not always causation, right? But near the end, when Alice finally faces mommy and tells her to go to hell, mommy cries out to daddy well, that they've turned my little girl against me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And that's just another example of the, the projection from the oppressor to the oppressed, right? We we've beat that into the ground, I think. And I yeah, think- yeah, yeah. There, there was there was she was thinking there's no way she would do this on her own. And so I sure didn't gotta, do it. It's got it's got to be this outside influence. It's been here for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I, I think you're right. I think you're right. But just remember, you know, when when, when you're complaining that that your films are too woke, Daddy, they've always been woke. You were just too slow to catch it. Yeah, true, true. So, so guys, talk me through your thoughts on the final scene where the the people. Wait, wait, hold on. Under the- I, 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 before we get to the final scene, I, I got to say this because this because I wrote this down too. Oh, all right. Oh. So so he gets out, right? He gets the gold coins. He, he's he's able to. To, to the immediate danger to his family is over. Yes. Right? So a, he's got the gold coin. He survived. He saw the craziest shit he's ever going to see. Right? And then he decides by himself to go back. Right? And when he went back, I swear to God, you know what I thought? I thought of what my grandfather used to say to me when I was a teenager. Leave them white girls alone. <laughs> Leave them white women alone. I said it out loud. Because when he went back, I felt like I was in the movie theater. He went back and I was like, I was like, no, please, not an hour and a half. Not an hour and a half. Like, like the movie like, was no, an hour okay. and a half. This was no, an all day. Thing. Thing. Okay, an all day. Okay, even all day. All right. No, he went back. Here's the thing. He went back, and I was and I, I said I, he, I was like, oh man, I'm not these white women, man, they get you. But here's the thing. He he knew what he was waiting for, right? He didn't. He didn't take a baseball bat, a tire iron. He he just went in with his wits. That's that, that threw me off. He was like, I'm gonna rely. He knew he didn't bring anybody. His you know, name like, is like, Wayne Dexter. Yeah, yeah. Leroy, Leroy didn't have, have a, a older brother or younger brother. Hey, Lucius. <laughs> hey, uh, you remember Leroy? Well, some people got him. You in you in LA? You in the hood? He went back dolo. He went back by himself with no weapons. He went now, back that, with the cops. Yeah. Okay. I, I I'm telling you that, that when he like now here's the thing. I'll be honest. Once I get out that gold, uh, and and I sit down, I take a shower and have a sandwich. I don't know <laughs> if I go back. <laughs> I, Let's be what? clear, yeah, James. I, I don't know. Fool didn't listen. Know. Like you didn't listen to your grandpa. Well, I, mean, I tell you what, you didn't though, leave him white lim- women alone. Now, but, but now I know why his nickname was Fool. Wait, wait, he, wait. He was... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but you're right, Billy. Why do you think he told me that? Yeah, because he was seeing me out. He was seeing me out there. He'd be like, "Boy, <laughs> boy," and I'd be like, "It's not the 1940s, Grandpa, Granddaddy." <laughs> yeah. all, right, all he would say is, "Boy." Had and shaking everything. All right, all right, all right. We didn't. I was like, "What's gonna happen?" All right, I don't know. Remember, remember, I told you. Like I said, James, remember, I told you. You had a bit, and I'm trying to remember exactly how it goes, but you said that like you're 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 cool with white women, but when you oh, when you, <laughs> you know where I'm going with yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Do you mind? Like I'll date whoever I like. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't judge anything. But if I date a white woman, I need you to be like a white woman. Like I don't want to date a white woman that dated so many black guys that she's blacker than me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
like you know, I don't want to show up at a date, and you take off you take off your sweater, and you got an R.I.P. Ray Ray tattoo right here. Like, see, see now, this is not what I ordered. This is not what I. Ray Ray. This is not what I came for. You know, I don't. I don't need you. I don't. I don't. I don't want if I date a white woman. I don't want her to be able to name all the Wu Tang. You know, I, I don't want her to be able to name all the Wu Tang members. Like, it, I need you to do some some white type shit. Be a librarian. Overlap. You know, you can overlap. That's fine. You can have some culture, but you can't be like you can't get mad at me if I don't take off for Martin Luther King Day. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You you can't be like, I can't believe you're going to work today. Like, stop it. No. No, that's what I'm saying. I I need you to like you can't be over. You can't be so into the to the culture that, that, that I don't I don't feel I don't feel comfortable. Too black. You're too black for me, man. It's too black for me. Yeah. Look, listen, l- listen. Are you Look. telling her that she can't wrap her hair at night? Is that what you're saying? Are yeah, you- like, I, I don't need Amanda in a I don't need Amanda in a bonnet. Stop it. You Stop know it. what I mean? You okay. know what I mean? Come on. Come on. I'll see you you let him loose, and now this is where we are. And now I, I had to. He no, does it on his own. It, Cause it, it was a phenomenon. I don't know if it's prevalent now, but there was a phenomenon in the nineties and two thousands where these white girls were steeped in the history. <laughs> you know, nah, you know, you be. You, I you, threw you the be, stick out in the yard. He started chasing the cars. I, <laughs> you did it. Okay. It'd be the end of the. It'd be the end of the night, and you'd be like, "All right, good night, uh, Assalamu alaikum." Like, Come on, Stop man. it! Stop <laughs> it. Oh, now, Billy. I mean. Peace be under you too, Queen, but still, still, it's too much. People under the <laughs> my chest. That was yeah. hilarious. My chest. <laughs> and now I will say Amanda in a bonnet every time I speak. Yeah, because this, you know, it's like come on, it's easy, easy. Yeah. Suki, please talk, please, please, please. Talk me through your final thoughts on uh, the or the thoughts of the final scene. Uh, right. Where the people under the stairs are breaking out of the stairs and out of the walls. <sighs> I love everybody. So the um, you know what I thought was interesting is how you can still call you call the cops and they still don't do what they're supposed to do, but you are able that to was... do what they're supposed to do because they're distracting the problem. I thought that was yeah. interesting. That was and how a kid would know that, like that was pretty yeah. wild. He used them as like a like a a shield. To get back, no, no he, he used it like he knew that was gonna happen, like that whole thing, yeah. Like, uh, like that, maybe you know what? Yeah. I take it back, maybe that was his weapon. You like, know, I said he didn't bring a weapon, he did that's that. Was you're right, that's yeah. He's I like, he's like, I, I got, I got, ah. yep, yep, that yep. is heavy. There I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. have said it better, could not yep. have said it better. But I think this is one of the more important films for social commentary, and as important as Boys in the Hood. As far as horror films go, it belongs on the same list as Night of the Living Dead and King Kong. Uh, you know, as far as you know, the same social commentary. And still holds up today. And still absolutely holds up today. You know, I was thinking about yeah. Night of the Living Dead. You know, it's kind of been widely interpreted interpret <laughs> interpreted as a clear statement of how black people were viewed, treated in the sixties before that. Um as well as you know, drawing parallels to the murders of you know our heroes, icons, 
you know, MLK, Malcolm X, you know, and, but it was expressed just brilliantly by Elliot Stein. Elliot Stein said, you know, the night of the living dead shows the resourceful black hero survives the zombies only to be killed by a redneck, redneck posse. Yeah. Right. And I'm glad the ending here, what, what was a happy ending. Right. We cheered yeah. in my, we all cheered, but I was like, you know, you can turn in that broken money to the treasury and they'll return you a full, full money. So if you got some broken money, return it to the treasury. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blowing up the money doesn't really do, mm-hmm. you know, it's a symbol, but it's, it's not still it's good. The best symbol. It's still good. Like blowing up the house is fine. You have to blow up the money. Yeah. I wish I could yeah. tell the cops that, you know, my driver's license was a symbol when I forget it at home. You know, you know, like, like over, they, you don't they, have they a have, license. They, they had the stairs that turned to a ramp. You know, you just sling that shit up there. You get a, like a chain going, and be like, "Okay, let's let's let's, let's get the money, and then we can blow up the house." But yeah, but yeah, it was that money could have been out of there in ten minutes tops, tops. Yeah, because apparently the cops are going to show up anyway. Because there was a lot of shit that happened that would have raised an eyebrow to of the neighbors. But you know, Suki, but it was it was dope. It was dope. <laughs> Before we get out of here, tell everybody about your podcast, where we can find you on your socials. Oh, thank you. It's Sookie's Honeydew Project, and I am on Instagram at Sookie's Honeydew Project. I'm on Twitter at 80 Suburbia. And yeah, follow me, like me, comment, ask me some questions. That's it. James, I'm going to have all the links in the bio to this episode, but go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on the socials. Yeah, you can find me on James Alexander One on uh, on Twitter and James One Alexander on Instagram, and you know I just be out here saying silly shit from time to time, you know, time to time, <laughs> time to time. I don't say I don't I don't I don't I don't say much. But when I say it, it's got to be silly for me to be like, ah, right, let me let me share this stupidity with the world because it can't just stay up here. I gotta, <laughs> no, I it cannot it go there. there to die. It cannot yeah. go there to die. But y'all, yeah. this has been a fun chat. Two of my very good friends. Uh, check that same episode bio for the Slasher Sports link tree where you're going to find all our podcasts and socials as well as a, a link to our merch site. We want to see you in uh, your Slasher Sports gear, especially with the winter coming up. You look good in the Slasher Cinema hoodie, I do believe. So as we ride off into the night, please go forth. And may we all drink the blood of our enemies from the skulls of their children.